to a Friday um, edition of The Week in Wire. We are back to our regularly scheduled program- programming here. We had Kyle and Mike, I mean, not Kyle, Nick. Kyle is the brother. Nick and Mike on last time. Um, <laughs> let's talk oh, about yeah. the aftermath of game three. Um, we saw game four on Wednesday, and we're going to break it all down right now. Um, and it has me shook. It has shaken to the core. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Suns and five did not pan out. So, <laughs> um, Suns and six is dwindling. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. So, okay, game four. Bucks look pretty lost on defense to start this game. Um, Chris Paul gets that wide open layup where he just kind of splits whoever, um, and you're thinking, good, good, good. I think they get out to like a 10 2 lead. Giannis does that thing where he checks out of the game. Apparently, he just had to pee because he did in game three, too, where he checked out like two minutes in. He's, he said in the press conference that he Go just. Go to the bathroom before the game. <laughs> that, but like, how does it happen two games in a row? Like, I don't really understand. Like, I feel like if Giannis just like tells like the ref, like I have to go pee, they'll just delay the game. Like one, Stop it. like, like the, the games are supposed to start at, you know, eight and they start at eight, 11, eight, 12, like every time. Anyways, yeah. what's another couple of minutes? So that maybe, was weird. Maybe so, that's what gets them though. Maybe he prepares for an eight o'clock game start, goes to the bathroom before that, and then has to go again. He should know better though. Like. <laughs> He probably should, yeah. All like every NBA, game, there were a few games this, in these playoffs that like tipped like right at like when they are scheduled, but like the TNT games. Yeah, like he's been he's been playing like like every game yeah. usually eight ten. Like he should know. I don't know. Um, yeah. So it, it it he like wasn't attacking even when he was in the game. Like to start, he took like two shots in the first quarter. One of them was a put back dunk, and it just looked like the Suns were. Like playing better, and the Bucks just weren't ready. Um, yeah, defense was so much better in the first half. My God. Yeah, and the Milwaukee was really only staying in striking distance in the first quarter because Phoenix was turning the ball over. You had four turnovers in the first quarter. Um, not usually what you're getting from a team led by Chris Paul. Um, just super intense intensity. Intensity was there defense wise. Both teams, um, like you said, Bucks going at eight zero run. Um, with CP3 off of the floor, um, like right when he goes out. But he was he was rough all night, and we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. But um, and then it, it's tied up at half. Bucks are five for twenty five on jumpers, um, and you're still having a tie game because they're they've done this thing where they've forced the Suns. They've not allowed them to get corner threes. They've they've had their great rim protection. Um, that's always sort of there for them. The Suns don't have a lot of these these guys who can like attack that um, despite everything, and they're kind of forcing the Suns to take a lot of mid range shots. The Suns in this whole game, fifty three percent of their shots was were considered mid range, and that's like that's just not including that that would, that's anything other than in the paint and in um, beyond the the three-point line so that's a lot that's that's not a number that you want to see uh ideally you would want like even like i guess i guess like a normal team would probably want like 20 but if you're the suns and you have guys who can hit mid-range shots you'd be happy with like 30 um but 53 is too high because you don't want half of your shots they want to they have good three-point shooters um it's not a team, you know, like their, their, their points in the paint have, hasn't been like a strength of this team, but like you would think that like Aiton would be able to do a lot of that on his own. Um, that really hasn't been the case. 
Yeah, we looked at Aiden a lot more on, in the first half, I thought. Um, they kind of got him involved a lot better than, yeah. than game three. I mean, you know, it's just how much can you really do that? Um, you're kind of relying. Like, you're not posting him up against Brooke or Giannis for the most part. Um, you're trying to hit him when they switch Conan in or, or Drew or PJ on him. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know. The Bucks got more and more disciplined with that throughout the course of the game. And, and once they kind of took that away, yeah, our paint touches just kind of disappeared. Um, outside of like the couple of maybe drives that, that CP3 and Booker had, um, there wasn't really much. And campaign, I think, had a couple like weird like yeah layup things. Campaign, he had a lot better. He had probably his best game in the series. Um, and and which isn't saying much because he didn't. Yeah, like, he's terrible outside of. Yeah. Um, and you would hope that Bridges is getting more of those cuts, um, with those little duck ins that he's he's been pretty good at this season and. I think I think the Aiden thing is like he's scared to get offensive fouls almost where like you're not maybe you're not really seeing him like do like like these aggressive moves where it's like a drop step or something. He he's kind of more doing the the hooks um and the, like the fading hooks, but they're he's not seeing a lot more like uh, fadeaways and like just shots. Yeah, and they're not like it's not like him going forward a lot of the time and. It, the the foul trouble thing obviously it kills them when he's not out there um so it's kind of hard to strike that balance but that's kind of where we are yeah. right now where, where both teams um are sort of like it seems like the bucks only have like four guys who they can re- rely on like night to night where it's it's Giannis Middleton like Drew I Drew. guess Drew qualified because of his defense but he was four for twenty yeah. in game four um and then you have Lopez and Portis, I guess you could take like half and half from both because they're kind of splitting the minutes and Portis Portis has been a bigger factor in the series than Lopez. And you get what you get from Connaughton. Tucker's a zero on offense and his defense yeah. is mostly just like roughing guys up. Um and on the side for like offensive boards. Yeah, like he, boards, you yeah. have to match his effort and that's why he's out there. Yeah. But then like for the Sun side of things, you have you have a few more. You probably have two more guys you can count on with Cam Johnson, Tory Craig. Um, yeah. But it's also not great because I wouldn't even like campaigns not consistently there. Um, your four guys, your four guys. I think you would put up against Milwaukee's four guys and feel pretty good. The four guys who are consistent for the Suns, more consistent, um, would be like Paul Booker, uh, Bridges, and Aiton. Mikhail. Yeah, and you you have Crowder like being kind yeah. of that swing role. Crowder's <laughs> kind of like Connaughton in that like if he hits threes, he's he's like a lot more valuable, I would say. Um and yeah. that's kind of like we're at this point for both teams where they know who they can play. They the Bucks have pretty much gone away from the Bryn Forbes um times and it, Jeff Teague's still getting minutes though. Yeah, they're favoring <laughs> Jeff Teague over him, which is crazy, but that's kind of where we are right now. Um with, with Yeah I mean it's with what the guys that both teams are forced to play. Um, and it's only going to get probably tighter as game five, six, and if it goes seven. So um, there's a lot of guys out there that, that you would think like in a typical finals, you're not going to see, but both teams are sort of banged up at this point, and both teams have, have players that are just out because they're injured. So, um, so yeah, game was tied at half. Booker has 20, um, so you're feeling pretty good. I think I think even like I'm I was rooting for the Suns because I'm I have the Suns like I had the Suns in five at the prop um, didn't work out but I was rooting for the Suns and I was feeling good because I said Booker at twenty he's probably gonna 
you know, I think he'll get 40. Cause like with him, it's kind of like, if he is, if he does get going like that, it's like, you kind of know what's coming. It's, it's really hard to stop because the shots that he, he is making, it's kind of like the defense can't really do much. Um, and you saw that in the third quarter, he goes seven for seven, he's 16. Um, kind of a scary moment there. Cam Johnson gets injured. You're not really sure what's going on for a second. Um, turns out he's okay. They didn't stop playing. What the fuck was that? Yeah, like, <laughs> you, like it was a weird. It looks worse than it was. I guess. Like you can. Yeah, I think he managed to limp back, but like. Yeah, one of those things. But it, they were like, Cam Johnson is limping, and then like he was okay. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That was really whack. Yeah, Suns are up nine. Um, going into the fourth. Thanks to that Booker run, um, it seems like the Bucks just can't get the can't get enough stops. And then, what happens? Foul trouble. Freaking fouls, and it's a self falls apart. <laughs> the whole like the fourth quarter is just like waiting to crumble, and then it's just big. And then Booker comes back in, and it doesn't even matter because like I think Booker came back in with like what five minutes left, four or five well, minutes left. I mean, we have to talk about the Booker picking up his seventh and eighth fouls, but. Sixth. I don't know if he picked up an eighth. Yeah, I would I'll give you seven. seven. I'll give you seven. He had, two, he had two on the one possession where they did, like, the one, the one, the one of Middleton where they, or not, not of Middleton, the one, the, the block that he had that he was, like, arguing for the jump ball after that they didn't call, the one clip where, um, like Breen, even Breen was like, "That's a foul! It's a foul!" And then they didn't call it. And then there was You're another. Not talking one. about the one on the fast break. No, I am talking about the one on the fast break. Oh, the one, yeah, the one on the fast break. That was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, that I was where Giannis picks it up and scores. Yeah, that was the worst one. But then there was there was one other one that I heard. I, I don't remember what it was like. Exactly. Well, there was another fast break one later on, which is the one I'm thinking of for his seventh. Okay, yeah. He did the exact same thing to Middleton. Again. Probably was that one. Yeah, or not but, again. But the like, first yeah. one was worse because like they didn't. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but okay, keep going. I I don't know if he like knew that the refs just weren't gonna call it because like it's like oh the full trust like I'm a superstar I'm gonna get away with it or what? But, just, like that I was his. <laughs> I don't think he's reached that point yet. Like it, that's pretty. I don't think he has either. <laughs> like I, I think there's like maybe seven guys in the league who have, and I I I would I wouldn't even say like he's not. Close. Yeah, like I would put, I would think like, like Embiid would like have that point over him. Like I just don't know. Like, yeah, Giannis might. Yeah, there's a ton of. Actually, Giannis doesn't get yeah called for fouls. So yeah, Giannis definitely does. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, even I mean, like foul or no foul, like it didn't really matter because like he was out of like rhythm anyways. So like he wasn't. I think that he only had two points after that, and like it was basically like a garbage time layup that like the Bucks just kind of gave up because they didn't want to give up a three. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they were like up by six at that point with like under a minute left. Um, so yeah, he was off. Um, Chris Paul just, I guess this is where we kind of have to talk about him because like he had one like good stretch where he made like I think it was back to back mid ranges. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was in like the third quarter, yeah. right after Booker went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like the only time that like it looked like he was like the Chris Paul that we've been used to seeing. Um, this is like he was passing up mid-range shots that he normally takes. Uh, his passes were just like off. Um, I don't really like some of them. I didn't even know where he was passing it to. Like there was one where like. 
he passed it like in between Crowder and I think it was like Mikhail and they both like looked at each other like which one of us is he passing to because like they had no idea um so it was just bad all around um and like once Booker went out like to be honest with you the, the whole second half it felt like Booker was the only thing on offense that would like work yeah the little curl action off the dribble handoff and they ran that thing like a million times and it worked a million times but like that's the only thing that's the only play that could get consistent offense in any way. Well, um, he couldn't. Chris Paul could like not really dribble. Like, yeah, like that was the most striking thing. And the the turnover at the end where he 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 tries to like snake through the screen where Giannis is right in front and he he goes he goes way too low. Like he he like he tries to cross from his left back to his right and his head just sort of goes way too forward and he's super low. He just loses it. It's because like falling he, down, yeah. Yeah, he's like not in control of his body at all. And that was when they had the chance to tie it or take the lead um, with like That's 40 seconds left. Yeah. So they were, they were like going two for one, potentially. Um, and you felt like, okay, if they can get a bucket here, we're in good shape. Um, but he turns it over, and that was kind of the end of the game. And that, that was right after that incredible Giannis block, um, that, that <laughs> the, the, the lob where Booker sort of <laughs> – awkwardly throws it um and i don't think it's being talked about enough how like if booker just throws that towards like more of the center of the rim that's a good lob that's a dunk yeah like he he threw it too high and outside it was pretty incredible that like Aiden was even able to catch it because he he had to go way vertical to the point where like Giannis had enough time to catch up because if 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 like Booker just th- sort of did like a more linear, like towards the front of the rim. Booker's going to, I mean, Aiden's going to catch that, maybe even get fouled. So, um, yeah. I think was Booker cool. was like worried about Giannis like tipping the lob is the only thing that I could really. Yeah, think I guess of, Giannis could come back in the picture. But like, if you're Booker, like, <sighs> like you're almost like, I think the right thing to do there is almost like act like you're shooting because yeah, either you're going to make it or you're probably going to be short. I guess you could go off the back of the rim, but. Even if you do that, I think you're feeling okay because yeah. Aiden's already jumping. Yeah. So, no, like, you like you would take that. Like, like yeah, just put it like somewhere it. around the rim. Yeah, he threw it like sort of in a way where back of the back far floor, away yeah. from the rim for Aiden to like get there in time. So I think if you're going for a shot, the floater, he was hot anyway. So like if you're going for the floater, yeah, it was fine. And Booker missed that that layup where he was he was on his right and he, he was like going really fast yeah. um, at the end. Um, so that that kind of made the game get away from them. That but was like the end. Yeah. yeah. CP3, the story of the story is CP3. I mean, this is his this is everything you could fear um times like, you know, this oh, classic man. like yeah. him just not being aggressive and these inexplicable decisions at the end of these games. Um like the passes, you never see that from him. I think I think game 2, he he was he made some pretty bad turnovers down the stretch that the Bucks almost got back into it. But like yeah, game one was pretty solid. You thought like after that, you're like, oh, this is this he can perform on this stage. But you know, you it's just this kind of sinking feeling where the longer the series goes, the less good you feel about him. And yeah. His history is like sort of coming <laughs> back now. Um and the I don't know the thing about the wrist is super weird. I don't know when the, that injury was supposed to have happened. If we find out like after the series that he like has like some broken like tendon or something. Yeah, I think like, they found I think someone on Sun's Twitter found it from like game six or game five of the Clipper series, I think. Okay, so um, it was early. What do you mean? 
I thought like for some reason I thought like it happened like in this series. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure this was like a Clipper series thing because he he dropped it. Uh, he mentioned the MRI on his wrist uh, to Rachel uh, Nichols after oh. Game Six, right? Like during the the like she did like the quick interview with him right after they won, and like he was like, yeah, like you know, there's been so much going on recently. Like I had the MRI on my wrist, and like everybody was like, well, hold on, what? Like yeah, you had the MRI, what? <laughs> this uh, is one of those like the Suns. Yeah, we didn't say anything. Like the organization didn't say anything. Yeah, that's one of those things where like you've you've seen it in the past with the guys. Like I think like Jalen Brown had something last year where he was like, yeah, yeah, I've been playing injured, but um, it's a classic. Thing. And you can just see that they're off. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that could be it. And I don't even know if it really matters if it's on its dominant hand or not. Um, so. Now we're 2-2, um, going back to Phoenix. Home team has won every – oh, we actually – actually, sorry, I jumped the shark a little bit. Um, Suns, Suns couldn't – I mean, a big part of why the Suns lost. Um, they had zero fast break points. Bucks had 15. Bucks had 17 offensive rebounds or something like that. And the Suns yeah. had either zero or very little. Yeah, it was nothing compared to what they had. Um the Suns were not only were they giving up offensive rebounds, they were not getting back in transition and they weren't leaking out in transition either. And when you're not doing any of those things, it's really hard for you to win a game, despite the incredible performance that you got from Booker that sort of feels like a waste. Um, If you're the Suns and you're looking for silver linings, I think this is a, this is very much like, I think this is kind of similar to what the Bucks, to what happened to the Bucks in game two, where it felt like they were, they should have won that game. I think most people would have said this: the Suns should have won to should have won Game Four, so it's kind of like evens out on that. And now we go to a best of three, um, Game Five in Phoenix. How are you feeling about? Let's just talk about Game Five in a vacuum. Uh, game Five in a vacuum. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried. I'm, I'm a little less worried just because I guess it's at home. Um, but Game Four just felt like like a gut punch. Um, I know I texted as to you yesterday like it just felt like this series like it, it there's never been a loss i think throughout this run that has made me feel quite like the game four loss because like even after like you go down 2-1 to the lakers it still feels like okay like you're in it um to like some degree um chris paul like had the, the shoulder stuff so like okay like you hope he gets better and you kind of figure it out um against denver there really was no worry um and then against the Clippers, I think game five was probably the most concerning loss. But then, you know, it, it's still You're still you leading. such a big buffer. Yeah. yeah. You have that buffer. You have three chances. Well, they got – if they – I mean, this this game was pretty – like, the game four versus the Clippers was really ugly, and Phoenix was able to win that. If, if they had win, lost, right? Yeah, if they had yeah. lost that game, then that game five would have been catastrophic. So Very, yeah. Um, and it's the same sort of deal. Like, now, like, you're, you're 2-2. And the only thing that you really have to change is you just got to play better, right? Like, there is no adjustment at this point. Like, I didn't think Monty did anything wrong. Um, I didn't think the rotations were that bad. Um, you just need Chris Paul to play a little bit better. You need some of these role guys to rebound better. Um, you need to box out more. You need to, you know, get out and transition a little bit more, which is something that, like, it, it's just, like, basic, right? It's not something that Monty can really do um, for them. There's no coaching. There's no, like, real – 
like there's a leadership in the sense that like you just got to come out and play with more energy throughout the game. And you saw that on the defensive end, but now on the offensive end, you just got to, you know, kind of figure like something else out. Um, So it's that that's the biggest worry to me is that now it just feels like you're expecting a whole bunch of like second and third year guys to like step up their game in game five of the finals, their first ever finals and their first ever playoff run. And like, that just seems like it's asking for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially compared to like all these guys in Milwaukee have been through it like multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. Giannis has seen this. They've already won a game seven on the road. They've done. Yeah. They've come back for two Oh once already. Right. Um, they've seen all these things. I think the only, the least experienced person probably is arguably Drew. Right. And Drew's probably had like, in terms of playoff experience, I think he's probably the least experienced of that starting. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what's why. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard because I would feel a lot better about this if we didn't see the game, the Clippers game five, where it really felt like it was, it was, everything was lining up perfectly. They announced before the game that Zubach wasn't even going to play and they just get whacked. Um, and at this point, it's a question of like, the shooting is the shooting going to come back for the Phoenix role players. We're going to see like a bridges game where he's like three of six from three. Can we get a, can we get something from Crowder um, in that way? And I think you've kind of got your Booker game already. And I don't know if that's happening again. And you're hoping I don't know if he's at 40 again. Yeah. Like you're Aiden, hoping for Aiden hasn't really exploded in this series, but I think that's because of the matchup. It's not like something that you're sort of banking on. Um, and we're at the point where there's not really ad- any adjustments that are left to be made. Um, and like we, we reached this point in the Phoenix uh, LA series too, um, where it, it sort of felt like after four or five games, like it was going to just become of become like the performances and what happens. I do think Phoenix has, Phoenix has a good out of just going zone. I think yeah. that would really help, especially on the road. If you're, if you're sort of like, hoping um, that those shooting numbers are going to go down for the Bucks, And and the fact, I mean, the fact that Drew was 4 of 20 in a home game and and the Bucks won is pretty discouraging, honestly, because because of what Giannis did. Now, Middleton was great at 40. That's probably not going to happen again either. I think you can kind of bump him in with Booker to where, like, he's super inconsistent like that. I think Booker is a little little more consistent, but um, Booker – has he's had some stinkers in the playoffs like we've seen in game two i mean game three he was awful and there's there's a couple of clippers games where he was pretty bad so um i don't really know what's going to happen um i i i'm leaning towards the bucks taking this honestly because I, I just don't know like i feel like Giannis has gone up a level to the point where if there's a big game he's going to show up and i just don't know if you can say that about anyone on the suns at this point um that phoenix yeah. crowd is gonna be insane um it always is um and i, I just don't know like I, I think i think if they go zone and it works then great um but there's got to be a counter that the bucks have to that i just don't know what it is um i mean it's it's largely they just gotta shoot better right like yeah <laughs> You got to think, or, or they just kind of go big against the zone and say like, we'll chuck up threes and we'll just count on us being able to rebound the ball better, which they have been able to count on throughout this series. So 
it's not that far fetched to just think that Brook and you know Giannis or Portis and Giannis are just going to grab all the all the offensive boards. So I don't know. But uh, to be fair, we all, like Phoenix actually looked the best rebounding when they went into zone. Like it felt like that's when they did lock yeah. in. Yeah, it's easier to box out if you're already yeah. yeah. You already have a guy under the basket, no matter what. Um, I yeah. think that it's it's going to come down to like somewhat these game fives. The like when the teams are evenly matched like this, it's like who who which one role player is going to have like their game. Um, and yeah. there's a there's a world where we were like Saturday night. It's tomorrow night. There's a world where on Sunday we wake up and we remember that Saturday night as the. The Jay Crowder game. We remember it as the Pat Connaughton game. We remember it as the Bobby Portis game or the Cam Johnson game. There's a lot of guys where, um, because it feels like the stars have sort of like evened out, um, and uh, except for Giannis, who is kind of like the the dude who's just looming above all of this. Where it's like, yes, Chris Paul can play a lot better, but so can Drew and um, Middleton and Booker. You're, I think you're kind of evening it out there. Um, the Suns have a better, the Suns have a marginally better roster. But they don't have the guy like Giannis. Um, and I think like the blueprint for the Suns, try to get back to what you were doing in game one, because I don't think the game, like the game two, if you played that game two, like 10 times, the Suns are pretty lucky to escape with, with like a couple of wins in that scenario, just because yeah. like, the, Same thing about game four. So. Yeah, yeah, but I think this like the the shot, the level of shots like that were being made in game two by the Suns is pretty ridiculous. Just like the threes. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you're bound for one of those. Um, so, but like it feel the series the series feels pretty dead even now. Um, and that's yeah, not, like about as even as you can get. <laughs> yeah, and that's not something that we've really seen in this whole playoffs, like. Between two teams, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I think the the Clippers Utah series maybe came the closest. That one felt like everything was like equal. I felt like um, but I think like the Clippers the start, had the that was pretty equal. But like after Game Four, you could kind of see that like some cracks started to show. Um, yeah, Bucks Nets was kind of just like chalking it up to the injury. You yeah. still like. I don't know. I, I guess like Atlanta Philly would be like a good example, but even that was. But that just, one felt like Philly should have won. Yeah, like, that was just like bizarre in terms of like yeah. what actually happened. So yeah. if we do get the finals that go seven here, um, I don't know if that's what I'm predicting yet. I think I'm more tempted to go Bucks and six. Oh so right? my, because I don't. Yeah. But I think I think like. I think if it goes seven, the I, I think I think there are two. There's only one outcome where Phoenix can win this, and it's it's if they win in seven. Yeah, it's I don't think I don't yeah. think they can win in seven because, I, like, I just think Giannis like the the game seven like stuff with Chris Paul. I just don't really see it, and I think I think if it's a game seven, Scott Foster is going to come back in one of these games, <laughs> whether it's game six or game yeah, seven. Yeah. You would think it's game six, but if the Bucks win. It might be game if 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 the Bucks win game five, it might not be. So yeah, they, they might hold them for game yeah, seven. Might hold them for game seven, which would just be the oh, culmination. Man. Like that would be the culmination of everything. Like um, yeah. Chris Paul demons would be back in full force. Um, and oh man, yeah, it's kind of where we are right now. So um, any 
let's just talk about ways that the Suns can take this because I think we're like sort of let's try to end on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of optimism. I think that like um, it sort of feels like this doom and gloom that you know yeah, is yeah. still to do, and there's there's still ways that they can attack the Bucks. No, for sure, and, and I mean like look, a lot of the shots that Booker got, um, you know, they, they're shots that he can make, right? Like I, I think they're good looks for him uh, in the mid range, even if they're contested. Um, I think they've kind of figured out how to get him a little bit more space. Um, he's not chucking up threes, which is a big positive. Um, I'd much rather have him kind of, you know, shoot from the mid-range, work himself into the games. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of lot of little things, right, with, like, Drew pressuring Chris Paul the whole way up the floor, maybe have Booker take the ball up just to get a little bit more pace. Yes, yes, we uh, talked about that. I like that. Yeah, you know, that'd be huge. Um, you talked a lot about just leaking out and transition a little bit more. Mikhail, I don't think I've seen a transition bucket from Mikhail like in the last two games he he right? has this tendency to disappear he's yeah. like he's kind of like wiggins where you like forget he's out there for stretches and like sometimes and he was getting cooked by middleton man i can't lie like middleton just had his number and yeah. it was not good middleton, um, yeah. so maybe maybe you try a little bit more size on middleton get get crowder in there uh, on middleton um i, I just I don't fully know what the answer is to that because you don't really want Mikhail just kind of sitting on like a PJ Tucker type. I, I think that's kind of wasting Mikhail, but uh, at the same time, like that might be what you kind of end up having to do. Um, but yeah, I think optimism wise, like it's a lot of little things. This is a game that, that we should have won and we could have won. And, and, you know, we didn't shoot the ball that great either. Um, shot the ball probably like under average, I would say, not even really yeah. average. Um, you know, and outside of Booker, the offense seems like it has a you know a lot of a lot of work, but it's also like at some point you just kind of gotta get back to your basics and run your basic stuff and kind of make it work. Um, the Bucks, to their credit, have really thrown Phoenix out of the loop um, on like a lot of the pick and roll stuff. I think we're not really getting the looks that we're used to out of pick and rolls. Um, part of that is just CP3's got to be a little bit more aggressive, I think. Um, obviously, the size is affecting Aiton. He's not really getting, like, the lob threat that he had earlier. Um, but I think, you know, you can kind of – once those mid-range shots start going in, um, if they do, then it opens up a lot of, a lot of other options. Um, you know, you look back to games one and two, and a lot of the reason that we shot as well from three in game two that we did – is because in game one, we cooked the Bucks from the mid-range. We got into the paint, and Booker and CP3 just kind of got whatever they wanted. Um, and you just kind of got to, like, get back to that, right? Like, once you start doing one thing well, it will open up the, the space for the role players. Um, so, I, yeah, you know, the, the blueprint is there. Um, like you said, there aren't a whole lot of adjustments left to be made. And, you know, the, these guys have shown that, they are capable of closing out series. Uh, they're capable of playing better as the series progresses. And they just kind of got to do it one more time, um, just probably against the toughest team that they've faced so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like Drew has had a stinker of a series, to be honest with you, except on the defensive end. Like his offense, like he's been missing shots at the rim. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff is just like he's been missing shots. Uh, I think except for game three, he's shot the ball terribly. Um, you don't really expect another Middleton game like that. Um, and it seems like, at least on Giannis, we seem to have kind of slowed him down a little bit more. 
Um, so that's positive. So, you know, you take a look at what you did on the defensive end and, you know, you cut down some of those turnovers, you cut down some of those transition points, um, you know, for the Bucks. and this series should be 3-1. And you kind of look at that and you say, you know, we can make it 3-2, kind of fall on the same, same blueprint that we had for game four. Yeah, I I think I think a part of why they were able to get such good looks from mid range was because Lopez was out there. I haven't been playing him. I think they figured out sort of how to use Lopez and what stretches. And I don't even think they're using him correctly on offense anymore. Where he, he needs to be like, if Aiden's not out there, he needs to be like in the paint inside, and he's still yeah. kind of like wavering on the wings. Um, yeah, if I had to give a prediction, I uh, I'm gonna ride with Bucks at seven. Because I, I, this has a feeling that it's going seven, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. As far as game five goes, I have no idea. Like, I feel like game five is the hardest. It's going to be the hardest to predict out of the three. Yeah, I, I think Bucks and six. So I, I think the Bucks do win the next two games. Um, but man, this series could easily go seven. Um, who knows? You know, maybe Chris Paul just figures it out. Uh, maybe it's just a bad game. Maybe there is no risk thing that we need to be worried about. Maybe it's just a bad game, and you'll you'll come back and have a good game. It helps that they have um, two days of rest now. Um, that I think that helps the Suns more than it does the Bucks. But that didn't really matter between game three and four. Um, it seems like. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. Well, super obvious. Obviously, you could. You people who are listening could tell that we have no idea what the hell is going to happen because we are so unconfident in our answers. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's uh, good though. That's good. That's what you want. Yeah, this is what we want after sort of a like you know not the greatest playoffs in terms of like like classic games. Um, we had a couple yeah, series with seven, like nothing like I would call like iconic. Um, nothing you're gonna remember. Yeah, yeah, like I'm gonna rem- I think I'll always remember KD being one inch away from hitting a game winner yeah. in game seven. But like other than that, that's more of a painful memory, not like a. Yeah, I'll remember the value. But that's yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more of a Suns thing than yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, that's all we have on that series. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, not feeling confident either way. Um, we should talk about the Damian Lillard news because oh man, bunch of stories. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So this guy Henry Abbott from True Hoop. Um, True Hoop used to be affiliated with ESPN. They might still be. I don't really know because um, ESPN locked everything on ESPN Plus, so I don't read any of their stuff anymore. But um, so Henry Abbott, he from True Hoop said that Lillard is going to request a trade in the coming days. Um, Nurkic then replied to that tweet saying, this is bullshit. And he's basically been knocking down every report so far. There's been a ton of reports saying that uh, Dame prefers the Knicks in his list of destinations. We don't really know what that list looks like yet because Harden... Well, he was strongly intrigued by the Heat, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The Heat are up there. Um, we're not... We haven't really we haven't really gotten that definitive list like we got for Harden when this happened. Um, there was a bunch of stuff saying that he's going to speak to the media after team USA practice. That still hasn't happened yet. I couldn't find any information anywhere of when the team USA practice is supposed to end. So we decided to just do this because like 
I couldn't like I I looked for this because I wanted to see if it was worth waiting on that, but I don't know how long it's going to take. And apparently, the Blazers GM and somebody else in their front office, maybe it's Billups, um, instead are going to fly down to Vegas where Team USA is and talk to him. So this is getting serious. Um, and there are a number of teams that would love to have him, as you would think. Um. I don't know what I would say is most likely. I would probably lean towards the Heat because I don't know if the Knicks can get it done. Um, but if he wants to go to the Knicks, then so be it. I'm not gonna like. I would love to see that. I think that'd be awesome. Um, oh yeah. But those are sort of the two front runners that we have right now. Um, and there's a bunch of, like the uh, there's the people are kind of wanting it to be Philly. Um, and the Philly stuff is just so complicated. I want it to be Philly. Yeah, with yeah, <laughs> so complicated with Simmons and everything that's going on there where they're listening to trade offers for him from other teams like the wolves and stuff like that. Um, and then you have, you've dark horses in the Dame race too, like my very own new Orleans Pelicans. Um, and the warriors who have, there's been so much talk about them using number seven, number 14, Wiseman Wiggins to go get a star. Um, you want that to happen. I feel like. Yeah, I do. I do. I, that's what I want. I would love, like, I would love to see that. The the three of those, the three shooters there. Um, I hope that happens. And then there's also a Bulls. This is kind of out of left field. I think that's sort of interesting if you could build something around Levine. Um, oh, but yeah. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Okay, interesting. That sort of comes out of left field, but it's like a big market is why. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah if that's what he's sort of going for and we don't really know yet because he's been in the small market his whole career obviously but um so maybe he doesn't mind maybe he just wants to win and if that if you want that to happen then i would suggest not coming to the pelicans because you're not only not <laughs> in the market, you probably won't win um oh, man. anything to keep zion in town so um i won't be rooting against that i i like the heat to be honest with you, the Heat or Philly are my top. Um, everything else seems like it'd be a lot of work. Like like the Knicks, like you said, like I, I just don't know what they would give up to, to get Lillard. Um, mm-hmm. Pelicans, interesting. But, like, again, I don't know if they have – like, do you just kind of recycle all these, like, old Lakers young guys to, like, get Lillard? <laughs> like, I, I just don't know what that looks like. Um but yeah, the Heat have probably the most intriguing offer to me because uh, I think they can just trade like that entire core of like young, like backcourt guys and just like get rid of them um, and go all in for for Dame. Um, and I think it would work. I, I think that like that's probably the second best team in the East immediately if they do that. Arguably. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. With Butler wait. and uh, Dame. You think they're better and than the Bucks? Yes. The only team that's better than them is the Nets. Only team. Definitely better than Philly. No question about Philly. I'm not going to argue on the Philly thing. I think you're right. But yeah. to say – You could. You think the Bucks? Yes. Especially if they're the defending champs. Oh, the defending champions. Oh, man. Uh, no, they're, they're better still, even if they won the championship. Like, because the the Heat's main problem right now, 
that's stopping them from going over the edge is they don't have any sort of like shock meter. What is right? what is like Jimmy doing is doing shock when Dame has the ball the whole time? He is going and sitting in the corner. Why? He can't shoot. He can figure out a corner three. He's like the bailout option. I don't like I don't like the fit. Either that or you like stick him, I guess. Well you can't really even stick him in the dunker spot. I don't know. It's too little. It's kind of wacky. I'd rather see him on Philly for that reason. I don't know, like that. Like, I'd rather see him on Philly. The fit on the Heat is weird to me, and I also can't imagine him in the Heat jersey for some reason. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of true. But like, I don't know. It's not pretty imagining him in a Philly jersey either. Um, I, I think the fit in Philly is a little bit more natural, yeah, because um, like just shooters around him and like a big man that's like incredible. Um, but. I don't know, man. I think the Heat could make it work. I, I think you'd have to get creative with Jimmy. Like, really creative. I like him and Bam. I just don't know do what it. Jimmy does in this scenario. Like, I, I don't... If there is a coach to figure that out, it is Spolstra. It's true. That's all I'm saying. Very true. And I think if you give Spolstra that much talent, I think he'll figure something out. It'll look really wacky. It might involve Jimmy just being, like, a weird decoy guy. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. Like, it... You could do the Spain pick and roll every time with Jimmy Bam and Dame. With Jimmy Sedman guard. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy's got a mid-range at least, right? Kind of. Not in the playoffs. This this playoffs. But, like, if he has more space to get it off, like, I think he has a mid-range. Yeah. I think you can make that work. Or you, or you get more creative with Lillard off ball. It's the other option. Right, that's what I'm saying. Start running him off the top screens. Okay, so yeah. it's not as bad as I thought, but you can make it work. Yeah. So it, it does seem like at this point he's going to get traded, um, and it's not like we'll see how this press conference goes. But if it's it, there, I don't think there's, I don't think it's, it'll be as bad as the Harden one where he was basically like, "We're just not good enough. Trade me." Um, like at the very end of that, the whole saga was, was wild. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get that, but we might get a like a heartfelt Portland, you mean so much to me type deal. I could totally see that happening. Um, and then like the trade is gonna get emotional. And the trade offers just start flying like next week. Um, oh yeah, I think it would be weird if he was traded like during the Olympics. Um, especially if he gets traded to a, yeah. to some team. With a player that's, I guess, would this happen? Did the Heat of yeah, the Heat of Bam. The Heat of Bam. I, it really doesn't have anybody. There's no Knicks players on the Olympic team. Yeah, could have been Randall, but is there, way, is there a way? Is there? Do you think the Spurs are could be interested for Bam? Yeah. Oh, like for like Dejounte and Murray and like, for like everybody, like favorite <laughs> everybody. So <Dude>. like. <laughs> It's not really their style, but I thought of that, and I'm just like, eh. I'll, for like one last Popovich run, I would, I'd like that. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be fun. But... <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> don't you want to see the Lillard portal pick and rolls <laughs> with Ro- with the Rosen just standing here? Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Warriors scenario here. I just don't think it's going to happen. 
because I think they're that's kind a of long happy. shot. I think they're happy. I think they're like pretty satisfied where they are right now, honestly. Yeah, um, you got Clay coming they, back with your fine. I also think they can believe they believe that there are guys who fit in really well, like Davion Mitchell in the draft, who they can just get. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's happening. I would love to see that. Um, okay, well, I think we've sort of covered the Dame stuff. We should talk about Kawhi. Um, yeah. Kawhi. So I sort of ranted about this during the, the Phoenix series, where like. No one ever knows what the hell is going on with this guy. Um, it's like you what signed was your tweet the other day. Like, if anybody that says they have sources, oh, it's today. On yeah, Kawhi's... yeah, today. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I basically said like, if anyone says they have a source on what Kawhi is thinking of doing, and it hasn't, and he hasn't like signed anything yet, just don't listen to it because yeah. no one knows what goes through that dude's head except him. And he, so he, if we find out after the playoffs. Like this is like two days ago that he has a he has a tor- he was he had a partially torn ACL, um, which I would guess you can't play on if I had to like, so the it be, the begs the question, this begs the question like why were they even pretending that he was going to come back during that Utah series and during the Phoenix series and beyond if they had made it past uh, Phoenix. He, so he waits like a month after he gets that diagnosis to get the surgery, which means that it's like a, you know, 10, 11 month recovery. So instead of coming back in April, um, he's going to come back at, at May in May at best now when the playoffs are going to be in full swing next year. Um, so that just sucks as a teammate. Um, and he's shown, he's shown that he doesn't care. Um, and you would also think that if he comes back and he doesn't feel great, doesn't feel 100%. He's just going to sit out because he did in San Antonio. And if that leads to him leaving the Clippers, then so be it. I don't really think that's that's in play, but I think he's proven that he's not like he doesn't care about you know, I think he cares about winning, but he doesn't, he's not he doesn't care about like I don't even know if he cares about winning. <laughs> um I think he cares about winning. If he why would he if he didn't care about winning, he wouldn't have like recruited Paul George, like done the whole Paul George thing. Okay, that's fair. All right, I'll give it to you. But, like, okay, I guess he cares about his health more than more than winning, more than team, more than anything. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, he's very much like a selfish superstar in that way that, like, he cares about his own yeah. like, well-being. Um, which sounds kind of weird to say because, like, that's probably what everybody should be doing. But, like, it seems like a really bad thing to do. There's not really another guy like this. Like Yeah, there's really not. And like you could say like LeBron at times when he'd like take he took like two weeks off the first season in Cleveland to like get right or whatever, and then he was like fine. Yeah, but like he wouldn't do it like throughout the playoffs. Yeah, it wasn't like a playoff run. Same way. So he I, wouldn't I, miss like an entire season because Yeah, like that like the the stuff that Kawhi has continued to pull ever since the first flame out where no one saw that coming and he's just the most unpredictable dude who keeps everything close to the chest no one really knows what's going on with him except for maybe uncle dennis and what if uncle dennis is like not real it's just him an alter ego just feeding us fake information feeding us fake information man Um, i don't know who knows with this guy I mean, I, th- this just affects where the Clippers are going to end up going into the playoffs, if anything. Like, we, like, 
you know, you have you have the teams in the West that are going to be good. I don't really know yep. what else to. Yeah, they're they're going to be what six seed at best. Hard to say. Yeah, I, I think yeah, five five six seed is probably their cap. Uh, d- depending on injuries, it could be a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. Not too much. Um, and the playoffs, like th- this run was a little improbable is what I'll say. Like, beating Utah those two games, um, you know, beating Phoenix for a couple games, like, that's it's it's a lot. Um, I don't think you can get through an entire playoffs, especially with, like, how strong the West is supposed to look next year without injuries. I don't think you can get through it. Especially if Dame um, is on the Warriors. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the Clippers kind of is, like, sit and hope. Is that all you can do if you're a Kawhi franchise? You're at the mercy of Kawhi. So. Yeah, right? Like, you just kind of sit there. I don't know. <laughs> you you start really... begging the guy to come back. But like... Yeah, you're not – like, if you upset him, then – Yeah, he's he gone. So, I don't, I don't feel like I don't want to – I wouldn't want to mess with that. Yeah. We have one question from Instagram today. One. Nice. I like it. And I will pull it up. I forgot what it is. Okay. Tucker Thomas, my roommate last year, asks free agents that the Mavericks should go after this offseason or next. Okay. A lot of of Mavs questions. Yeah. Well, a lot of Dallas fans. But I have the list of 2021 and 2022 free agents pulled up right now. So I am. So for next year, Let's just think position-wise. Okay. What's a priority? Point guard? Wing. Or wing? You think point, You think wing? Because wing. Luka is your – Because Luka is your like, – Yes. That's Luka is going to have the ball. Like, if it's like a guard shooter, I'll give it to you. But, like, otherwise, like, you probably need a wing. Okay. Because I'll tell you where my mind went first, and that was Reggie Jackson. Okay. Oh. Mm, hmm. I wouldn't hate that. Okay. Um, but I don't know if that's the best fit. I don't know if you splash a lot of money out for him. In an ideal world, he's their backup. Oh no, 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 no. He's gonna wanna he's gonna wanna start somewhere. I think he's gonna get the money to start somewhere too. Okay. Well maybe he's the start for your twenty twenty one, twenty two Knicks. Um Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm looking at shooting guards right now. I haven't I haven't clicked on small forwards. There's not a lot out there that I would expect to be available unless you really like DeRozan. Um, I don't think that really makes sense. Uh, 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 a Garrett Temple. He's 35. Garrett Temple. No chance. He's young. This guy becomes 35. Why did I think he was like 26? That's <laughs> same. <laughs> okay, he played, I guess, five years in college, so that would do it. But he's 35. 35. Dude, that happened fast, man. I didn't know who this dude was until like, he was on the Kings that one year. Yeah, but apparently he was on the Kings way early too. 
I don't God, this is crazy. This is one of the like <laughs> the weirdest like random revelations I've had. <laughs> like actually, yeah. This is insane. Okay, so he was on Watch Five, man. Okay. Okay, yeah, he was playing so he went to he went to Italy to play Euro Euro League or Italy League or whatever for a year. Wow. Okay. Like before that before that he was a, he was bouncing around for a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, Atlanta has Tony Snell available. Maybe. Uh, uh, that doesn't really move the needle that much, but like the, the slim pickings with the shooting guards. I'll go I'll go to small This forwards. is really slim pickings. I'll go to small forwards. And and we're still only well, in Norman Powell's an interesting one, right? Because that's a player option, apparently. Yeah, that is interesting. If if so, it's, yeah. If if Dame gets traded, especially, yes. I would. I and would they move. blow it up. Okay. I like Norman Powell. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. But that's um, about it. <laughs> let's see, Doug McDermott. I don't hate that. Reggie Bullock is another one. I, I like Reggie a lot. I, again, Batum? I don't know if he really moves the needle. Yeah, Batum's a good one, but I think Batum I think the Clippers could probably bring him back, if I'd guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm moving on to 2022 right now. Okay. I think Powell is probably the best one that we've that we've said. Um, yeah, but that's like counting on a lot. Yeah. So RJ Barrett is going to be a is going to be a free agent in 2022. Um, now this is assuming okay. assuming he has a terrible 2021 would be really the only scenario I can see the Knicks wanting to get rid of him. Um, yeah, Bradley Beal will also be a free agent player option in 2022. That is a big fish. Um, so will Levine. That's 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 a oh so he's unrestricted. Okay, so, but they have bird rights on him. Um, oh. After that, hero. Uh, I don't. I I've kind of fallen out of love with hero. Yeah, he might be on the Blazers by then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also that. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm going uh, to small forwards here. Yeah, not a lot of great options here. Not gonna lie. I mean, I, if you have the cap space for Beal, then. Oh yeah, then you hundred percent go for that. Ingles. Ingles, not bad. Will he ever he's leave the be Jazz? Old. I don't know. Yeah, he will be old. Um, he'll be like thirty-six. Um, Rodney Hood, no. That's interesting. That's an interesting one. We don't really know oh, what he's yeah. gonna look like because he's been out for like this entire year. But that's also true. But if he's just like, a shooter, I like that in theory. Um, I think Norman Powell is the answer for this year, though. Yeah. It put him in the Josh Richardson slot. Um, and yeah. I think, okay. I think you're, you're making moves. Okay. Well, that is all we have today. Um, a finals about as tight as you could ask for. Um, who knows what will happen? We will be back after game five before game six. Because, yeah, game six will be Tuesday. So we will be back in between game five and six for sure. Cool. Um, and then hopefully we is get a game, game six on Tuesday or is it on? It's on Tuesday, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're giving them three days every single one. Though. 
Except for so between games six Except and seven, games six and seven. Yeah, it's only gonna be one game. So which is interesting. Why? I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they 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 like do the thing where they they're like this is the last possible day that the finals can be played, and that's like why like the Clippers had had like the thirty six hours before they had to be in Phoenix okay. for that new game. That like the Clippers played every other day for a month. It's like that kind yeah. of yeah. It's stupid, but NBA's um, yeah, so we will be back between game five and six. Hopefully, the Suns can pull this out. Not feeling good, though. 